This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. What are some of the things that are on the minds of millennials? We've talked often about Gen Z. And by, by the way, I, I figured something out. You all, <laughs> I get accused of uh, crushing on Gen Z, if you will. And the, the funny thing is, and I brought this up to you yesterday, there's a reason If I, like, when I started digging around, and this is not, I did not come up with this theory, by the way, but there's a reason Gen X is attracted uh, to the Gen Z lifestyle. It's because it's the one that we always wanted. Interesting. It is. It is. Like because, the free thinking, yeah, the right. nomadic, the entrepreneurial Right, they're generalizing, of course, but those are some characteristics that you often find in in Gen Z individuals. We grew up um, in the world that in, in a new world where they had blazed the path for civil rights, women's rights, all of this stuff in the '60s and '70s. So that you know, a lot of us were born during that mm-hmm. time, the late '60s through the '70s. So in the '80s, that was all a thought pattern that we had been taught but it had not yet come to fruition Mm -hmm. and in today's world uh they are not only free thinkers but i think they're encouraged to be that way we were not because we were still the generation we were the sons and daughters of boomers yeah so we were not encouraged to have free thought i think you will see that during election season well, I think Gen Z will have a huge turnout. There's going to be, yeah, the, the, things are changing. There's no doubt. So I've discovered uh, a few of the things that are brought up by millennials in therapy. Oh, oh God. And right. I have not seen this list. So this is right terrifying. And I, I want you to tell me if this is dead on or not. And, okay. I, and then I want you to tell me how you feel about these things. Okay. Are you often worried about decision making and worrying and do you worry about making the wrong decision? Yes. Could always. You, could you give us some examples? Um, mostly all of the decisions that I make. I actually just filled out a an application for a local leadership institute yeah. that I'm going to be attending through my job. And that was one of the things that was brought up. Like, how are your decision-making skills? Is that an area where you could see yourself looking to learn ways to improve? And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. Because I agonize over decisions, small ones, big ones, all of them. And sometimes I just don't make a decision because I'm so scared that I will make the wrong decision. Like for the next big move in your life. For the next big move in my life, like, should I order a coffee from DoorDash or should I just drink the Folgers in the break room or should I just drink water? Like, 
that's literally a decision that I was faced with the other day. And I just was like, I don't know what to do. Do Do you think most millennials struggle with just every decision in their life? I know that a lot of my friends do. And I also used to like bring in outer parties and pull them. And I'm trying really hard not to do that and just force myself to make my own. And it would be for like, do you like this jacket or this jacket? Should I get these boots or these boots? Instead of just really trusting my gut and making a choice. Why do you think you're like that? I don't know. Do you have? No, I, don't, I don't stay off your phone. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> okay, not. I'm okay, not. Okay. I'm not. I was just seeing if your no, I, I'm document not. had any. I'm not looking at a document. I'm just. I'm, I've just done some research, and these are the some of the top topics that come up. For this is like things millennials talk about in therapy. But when you talk about like literally every decision in your life, can you think back and point to anything that perhaps caused you to analyze, overanalyze everything like that? I can't. I just have always been that way. And I am trying to get better, but I can't pinpoint like a moment where that started for me. Well, it's not just you. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a generation, it sounds like, right? Do you know, do you have any insight as to? No, no, I, I I don't because, but, but I do see that. It's funny when you bring that up and uh, observing, I, I, I often see that. Uh, not just with you. I'm just right. saying with, with I, mean, I see that with a lot of people and I'm a guy that, and you know this, I'm like, we're going to make a decision and go with it. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep moving. That's what, that's what, that's, and I, I, maybe that's a Gen X thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't realize that was a millennial thing. I thought that was a me thing. <laughs> no. It makes me feel a little better. That, right. You should. Right. I was say that that's a, that's a real thing. Another thing that they often uh, are, are concerned about is they have difficulty saying no. Oh, yeah. We've had a whole podcast about saying no. Right. And I still suck at it. And I've tried. And I still suck at it. Do, do you think, what, what, well, what do you think? Because I don't want to re- disappoint anyone. You're I don't, all- don't want to let anyone down and I don't want to, um, I want to make sure that I'm living up to people's expectations of me, which I should really be concerned of living up to my own expectations. That is, that is true. But I've always, I, I didn't want to disappoint the people around me, like the adults. Well, I think it's, it, it comes back to parents. They say that uh, millennials are often worried about learning to say no to their parents specifically. They come up all the time. Oh, I disappoint my parents. No, no, not to, every not, day. Not to, we're not saying, and that's not it. We're <laughs> saying learning to say no to them. That's what they have a difficult time doing. Does your generation have a difficult time doing that? Because I feel like your gener- your parents' generation was even stricter than very much. Mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were strict. There's no doubt about it, but it took me, uh, I think, life experience to understand that. And it, you know, it came. I, I I butted heads with my father a few times, and I'm, I, but I, here I am, you know, and now, and I look back at when I was young, and I still am, con- and I know that I'm right, right? As far as like some of the thought patterns that mm-hmm. they had with, and I I've talked to you about this about uh, just the way that society runs. I was part of that first generation in this, that, uh, again, evolved in the 60s, uh-huh. 70s 
you know, with the civil rights movement movement and all that, because there's a lot of people in my dad's generation that didn't believe that. I mean, for just, just as an example, women didn't have the right to vote, just women, period, until 1920 was passed, I think ratified shortly thereafter, but that's only 100 years ago. Right. There's people that are 100 years old. There are women that are bo- that are alive today that were born when they didn't have the right to vote. It, th- it wasn't that long ago. So, I mean, it took, why did it take us as long as it did <laughs> to figure out that that was asinine? Well, I could go in right. another direction I, well, with saying, the way things are currently, but I won't. I, but but I'm saying that's a great example of questioning authority and 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 being justified in doing right. so because that that's ridiculous. Here's another one that they're often worried about: Will I ever make enough money to be happy? Yeah, that's a. I think, is that a big one for everyone or does Gen that, Z have a different outlook on money no, I, well, than millennials and the rest of us? I think millennials and Gen X, and you are an older millennial. I am. I so am. I think you're still part of the, uh, uh, part of that generation that views it more as security than anything. And my, especially, whoa, the older millennials, um, we've lived through a lot. Like we were teenagers when 9-11 happened. We were starting our professional careers or in college during the, the Great Recession. We have been through the pandemic and we've been through a lot in our lives. So I think that we have, there's just a lot of uncertainty that surrounded us for a lot of us as long as we can remember. And on top of that, you had a lot of television networks and that evolved into the internet and social media mm-hmm. and everything else. And by the way, here, here's just an odd fact I'll throw in here. Did you know that uh, Gen X has a greater affinity for social media than millennials? I believe that. Yeah. And then it now, and then if you skip that over, you get to Gen Z, they're more like, Gen X. I don't think millennials got time for social media. <laughs> you think you think that's what it is? <laughs> we stressed. Well, I mean, but I think that uh, I think part of the concern is again they think about the way things are and they question the status quo. I mean, they're when when they look at the country, right? Specifically, America. There's two guys, Elon Musk. And Jeff Bezos, those two men have more wealth than the bottom 42% of all of the United States. That's 130 million people. That's wild. Now, there are the guys, and and I'm, you know, I understand capitalism, but every now and then it rears its ugly head, Mm -hmm. right? There, and, and by the way, that's why when you hear guys, these billionaires, looking for uh, handouts from the United States government to fund their space exploration, which they do, right? I think they're asking for $10 billion. These are guys that have 180-some billion or more, right? Uh, that it just, I mean, something ain't right. right. So, so so taxpayers. So, so I'm just saying that part of it, I think, bothers a lot of them. And not everybody's born in to a comfortable lifestyle, right? right? And, uh, you know, I think a lot of them believe 
and rightfully so, that the system as it is today is not actually stacked in their favor. Yeah, I would say that. And I would say that millennials, again, I'm on the older end and I feel very grateful that we own our home, but I, I know younger millennials that are renting that they don't see home ownership as an option in their future. And it's sad. You know? It really is. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've said that all along. I think that's sad. And a lot of them, are, they don't believe that that's ever going to happen because they don't believe they can afford it. Right. And Or or they're ever going to be able to. Or that they will ever be able to acquire the 20% down payments right. or things like that. And so um, I'm grateful that I am a homeowner, home but I know that there's a lot of millennials that that is not their reality. Millennials are overwhelmed with student debt Student as well. debt because we were very much taught... Um, to go to a four-year to go college, to a four-year yeah. college, again not, generalizing, well, but right, but not every college, four-year college is going to set you up. Like no, like like if you're a Duke graduate or you went to Harvard or Yale or whatever, I mean, then of course you're going to walk into most likely a pretty good job. But not every person not, yeah, is right. designed for a four-year college either. No, but and and again, how many people walk out of Minnesota State University? into that kind of a an environment where they're just going to where people are competing for them. <laughs> right? It's not the same. But they paid for it. Oh yeah. Right? So I'm just that I'm just using that I mean a lot of kids because they were taught that if you get a four-year degree, you're going to put yourself in a position to make more money and succeed. That was a that was a thing that I did that that was probably the first big disappointment. Right. That I went off and did something different than my parents wishes right. and I got a two-year broadcast degree right and that was a big moment where I did something that I felt like was the path that I wanted right. to take and they were deeply disappointed I remember about 15 years ago when the first wave of them started to filter into the workplace and they had their four-year degrees and they realized they weren't going to walk into these these high-paying jobs with a corner office. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. But they were under the impression, right? And, and, and again... That was kind of the dream that was sold to us. And I remember right. this. It was like, get a four-year degree and, like, the world is your oyster, basically. Right. Like, you right. will have whatever job you want. You will, you will have an office. You will have a fancy car. You will have a fancy life. Like, that was the ticket to the life you wanted was the four-year college I degree. Was, I was the first part of that because my father, who was an electrician, told me, stay out of the trades because there's no future in there. You have to go to college. That's where all the money and the earning will be at. He couldn't have been more wrong. Right. Right. But he didn't know that. No. Right. He, didn't, he, he had no idea. And he, he didn't wanted, have ill intent. No, he, he wanted, wanted what was best for you. He did. He wanted what was best for and me. And so did my parents. And I just... I tried four-year college. I didn't like it. I had identified what I wanted to do, and I saw a quicker path to it, and it did. I, yeah. did, I worked in broadcast for almost 20 years. You, you and I have that in common because when I got out of the, the service, I spent four years in the Marine Corps, which was the best thing that ever happened to me, and I encourage all young men and women to at least check the armed services out because I— it cut the apron strings and it made me an independent individual. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to mm -hmm. do, right? 
But when I got out, I, I went to the University of Minnesota for a brief time, and I was like, this, no, I don't, I don't care what becomes of this. I don't want any part of it. It's not me. I'm not going to spend my whole life doing this mm-hmm. stuff, right? And uh, that can be a scary thought for not only you, but your parents. <laughs> yeah. Right? And uh, it turned out all right. So having said that, I think that uh, the money issue, I think that spans a lot of generations. I think so, too. For different reasons, right? But it, it does. I think everybody thinks about that. Uh, they also say that they feel helpless about all that's going on in the world. Like when they turn on the news at night and they see what's happening, they feel like there's nothing that they can do. That's a big one. And I think that that it gives them anxiety. Part of that is because of everything we've lived through. Right. And grew up in. And it's paired with, and and I'm not saying older generations didn't go through a lot because, of course, they did, but they didn't have 24-hour access to that information. Oh, completely. And millennials have and do. And that's a big part of why I am basically not on Facebook anymore. Right. Unless it's for work or the podcast, which is also work. Um, and I don't watch the news. Like, what if you have the news on, I'm reading a book I'm on Instagram. I'm right. playing with the kids. <laughs> you would rather just not know what's going I, on. It's just. It's too much. It's overwhelming. Right. And like when when breaking news happens, I do make myself aware and educate myself. And um, like when they overturn Roe versus Wade, I watched a lot of news coverage that weekend to just watch reactions from across the country. And that was overwhelming, too, because it was like there's I feel helpless. Like there's right. nothing I can do. I can have my beliefs and I can get involved in ways that. I feel like are supporting those beliefs, but that's it. There's nothing else I can do. Do you still feel intimidated when it comes to expressing your beliefs? Less and less. Right. Less and less for sure. But I I think that that was the frustration specifically over some of the recent events with some of them unfolding. I, I did hear from a lot of, millennial aged women that said the frustration was becoming too much to stay silent for sure. Right. And they're, they've had enough. Right. And I, I thought that I was, I mean, I admire them for that Vic, because they're they're, they're in not too distant past, their opinions didn't matter mm-hmm. and they don't want to go back to that. Right. Right. And I think that that's where we're at with that. Uh, another one that came up, and I don't know, this probably won't just require a lengthy discussion, but do you ever feel like a fraud? <laughs> yes. Like you're like you're like you're just because I have actually heard this from not just millennials, but Gen Xers my age as well. They were like, I've been faking it. And I and I yeah. and sometimes I get worried. You'll often right? hear that referred to as like imposter syndrome. Like like when somebody says, How you doing? I'm fine. Never been better. And in reality, you're a train wreck inside, right? Because all they see is the pretty pictures you post on social media. And you you live in a house. You have a family. You have cars. Yeah. You know, they just think they don't know what's going on inside your head. So sometimes we all feel like a fraud. I do feel like this podcast has been very therapeutic, though, because I've been (laughs) able to be a lot more authentic where I'm not a character anymore and and people can have their expectations of me or their idea of me in their heads. And if I disappoint them, then that's really 
for them to deal with and and not me. And it took me a really long time to get to a point where I was comfortable with those feelings. And so I feel like less of a fraud. Well, even as candid as you and I both were in our broadcast careers, we couldn't completely be ourselves. No. Because, well, I had, there was a, a group of, individuals in a boardroom, you know, the guys in the ivory tower, if you will, that we always had to answer to, and they don't care about anything other than making money. Right. That and, is it. And that's not right. exclusive to where Our we industry, worked no, or right. anywhere else. It's So I feel you. The facts. I f- if you're So a, I feel like less yeah. of a fraud, but yes, there are yeah. moments where I'm sure. like I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, well, again, nobody, no, a, a lot of people, mo- most people, I would say, don't want to paint a real picture on social media because it's not always pretty. Right. Right. And if you're logging on, like you said, you specifically avoid Facebook because there is a lot more bickering and and negative co- content on Facebook versus even Instagram and the fighting ensues on TikTok and some of these other platforms, but. Facebook specifically almost has a sinister side to it. Yeah, right? I can't. I just can't. Right, with Facebook. So uh, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you there. Here's another one, and I know that you can relate to this. Do you ever feel like your anxiety is interfering with your life? Yes. <laughs> right. As soon as that it one has gotten better. As soon as that one popped up, I was like, "Oh my god!" Because it's not, and I'm, this is not you. I just think that. There is a ton of people, even my generation, and that's Gen Gen X, that can completely relate to that because there's all kinds of fears and doubts and all of these things that are inside your head that a lot of people don't talk about. I grew up, you know, in a family and and in a generation of men where you didn't talk about any of that stuff. I I grew up in a family like that, too, and it wasn't just for the men. It was everybody's feelings were too much for everybody. And again, that was just very common in the nineties. Like that, you you didn't just sit around and talk about how you felt and you didn't work through your anxiety or right. identify your emotions. Like that just wasn't a thing. Right. And so I feel like there's this whole generation of people. And I think Gen X is included in that to an extent that are now adults with their own children and they're like I don't want to repeat these patterns that I was taught and not like my my parents aren't bad people but I I need to do a better job with the information that I have now with helping our kids like understand their feelings and equip them with tools to manage them that I never got I and I I think one of the most difficult things for a lot of people to do is realize that their parents were just people too. And they have flaws. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, and I, I think that because when you're young, you don't think like that. You think mom and dad are always right. Yeah. And that's, you grow up and you realize, and it's not a bad thing. It's right. Because that they're just human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, that, that's a very, that's, I think, when you really start to figure things out. Well, you know, when we talked about the uh, uh, some of the like, the sober curious movement, and I think a lot of that is driven by people finding out and wanting to find out who they really are, and then realizing that that's okay. 
Yeah, and that's been a huge thing for us. And and I can speak for myself is since I stopped drinking alcohol in December, it's been this journey of like, what do I really like and who really am I? Right. And how much of that was I covering up by drinking a lot of alcohol? Right. And it turns out a lot. But, but well, the thing about it is there's, a, I've heard this described back to this because the new, listen, the, the new trendy, and this is not even a trend. This is going to, this is going to hang on. This is alcohol again is going to be viewed differently moving forward than it has in the past. It will not be nearly as accepted as it once was, but there's this huge portion of America and we've, we've heard guys and women describe this, but there's, in all of America, there's the people who don't drink anything, and then there's the the guy, or the or the girl that drinks like one drink a month or one every couple of months, and then on the top end of that, there's the individual who drinks to get blackout drunk every night, and then if you go towards the middle from both directions, you'll find middle of middle America, who they use the term socially drink. Right. Or I've heard it called middle lane drinking. Right, right. And there's this huge portion of them, of that middle ground, that are just giving it up. No rehab, no rock bottom moment. They just decided they don't want to drink alcohol anymore. And then they, about three months into it, they're they're like, wow. And then they get about six months Uh into it, and they really start to figure out what they've been missing all these years. And then as it goes on, it just gets more and more clear. <laughs> and I think right? that's when the fun starts. Well, I agree. But it's just because it's, then you're like, okay, well, what do I like? Right. This is fun. Well, I think for, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, but you grow up, I, I can tell you that I did following the crowd, doing oh. what, because you are part of a community that you grow up in. And then you have a group of friends. That you follow yeah. as you as you mature and become and a, a grown adult, and you just follow that group because that's what everybody's doing. And it's human nature. We are right. we are made to follow the crowd for survival. It's that tribal instinct. So it's totally normal, right. and that's how we're that's our in our DNA. But you spend so much time and effort and energy. At least I did, and have for my whole life trying to fit in. Right. It's, Even if you didn't really feel like you fit in, you would just do what the crowd was doing because you wanted to fit in so badly. And then you make a, a, a big change, like a career change or moving across the country or giving up alcohol. And all of a sudden you realize you don't fit in and you don't really want to. <laughs> well, it's what you do is you discover who you really are. Right. And you're like, That's it's okay happens. if I don't fit in. Right. I'll find a tribe where I do fit in or I'll create my own. Yeah. From... From the moment that you're born, you're an individual. And as you grow, those, I think, desires and interests start to grow with you. And then you just become who you are. But so many people bury that. Right. Because right? the world tells them, like, right. no, don't be that person. No, you're right. don't, don't be interested in that. I know. And I so know. then you just slowly put all of that deep down inside of you. And then you go to therapy as a millennial and it all comes out. I think, yeah. The re- well, the reason that I, uh, I I found this interesting when I started digging digging around was that 
it all started about 50 years ago. It really took hold, right? When the first young people stood up and said, no, no we're not, we're not doing this anymore. This is not the way we want to live. Right. And I think that that there, there's people that are fighting that even to this day and it's created this division. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I, you know, I, I, but I think that's where the anxiety starts to come in. But uh, uh, I will say this: I, I'm a big believer in in the up uh, in the generations moving forward. I, I I think Gen Z, and we've talked about this, is having the opportunity to live the life that Gen Xers wanted to. Mm-hmm. And granted, they have all kinds of ways to express it and tell everybody about it as well. And then they're not afraid to. Yeah. And they're not, not only are they not afraid to, they are encouraged to be individuals. Which is very. That's good. I like um, it. Encouraging. It is. It is. So there it is. I, I thought we would talk about your generation. And again, you're close. You Again, when, when just because you fall into one of these age ranges doesn't mean that you're all of one or the other. Like you being on the early end of millennials have a lot of the same thought pattern as Gen X. I do, yeah, because yeah. I, I was born in 1984, so right. I'll be 38 next month. And and they say... Depending on where you look, it's 80, 80 81, 81. Maybe as late as 82 in some spots, yeah. but around there. And then it went into uh, millennials, and then uh, obviously Gen Z, which I'm, I'm really impressed with. And now it's going to be Gen A. And that's Which our is kids, right? Like Clara's age specifically. You get a, she's five. Well, I have no. I, I again, I live with her every day. I have no idea what's going on inside her head yet, other than she likes to shop. <laughs> and she, she has a wild imagination. She has a wild imagination, and she's just well, she's just living her best life. And I think we all did at five. Um, right? Speaking of shopping, did you see Jay Long's got a new puppy? No, I did not. Yeah, his name is Louie. Because they recently lost they did. the one that I was so accustomed to coming Vinny. in there. Yeah, Vinny. And they he... lost Vinny, but there is a puppy. What kind of puppy is it? Uh, I don't know. Very, is very cute. cute. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a more seasoned dog aficionado would be able to look at the Instagram videos and know immediately. I'm not sure. Who who brought the dog in? Is it Aaron's or Matt's or somebody else's? I, mean, I'm I not... think it's Brianna's because oh, it? Vinny was hers. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Wow. And... Um, he's adorable. So his name is Louis. It's spelled L-I-O-U-S, but I'm guessing it's pronounced Louis. Like sure. Louis Vuitton is what, right. I'm, what I'm thinking. Uh, I, need, really? I need to do some shopping anyway because I'm doing like pre-fall wardrobe planning. It's hard to believe we're already there. I know. This is the time to start thinking about it. So that's where I'm at. So I'm going to get up to Jay Long's. I'm going to meet the new puppy and do some pre-fall wardrobe planning and see if there's any summer pieces that I need to fill in for my wardrobe. And we're getting close to that time where you can get some really good deals on, on the summer stuff as well. Yes, and I right? saw they have some new uh, Lululemon and Viore arrivals and some cool fall colors like chocolate brown, which are beautiful. So if <laughs> you're, you're also thinking about fall fashion, I <laughs> tell me I'm not the only weirdo that is. You're not. Um, head up to Jay Long's on uh, Madison Avenue. All the stores are inundated with back to school. I know. Right? So it's they, they don't wait in today's retail world and because- as soon as the back to school stuff moves, Halloween, and then Christ- Christmas. Well, well, Christmas—they don't even wait for Halloween to pass anymore. 
to get it's the basically Christmas 2023. Stuff out. Happy New well, Year. Well, if you, well, Clara asked me because now that she knows about Amazon Prime oh, Day, because they're target- which was yesterday and today. Yeah, they're targeting kids, which is disgusting, which is ridiculous. But anyways, she asked when it was time to start Christmas shopping. And that I, girl is. I was nuts. like, "Well, let's let's not jump the gun. It's only July. It's we're halfway. We're, we're halfway through the year." <laughs> All right. Again, if you uh, are, are a millennial and you have any of the thoughts, well, what what makes millennials tick? If you'd like to join my support group, you should <laughs> join <laughs> Jess's support group. Uh, we'd love for you to message us, and you can always weigh in on social media as well. Search uh, George and Jess podcast, and you will find our website at georgeandjess.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning with a new episode at 6 a.m.